America. My name is Armio Sefrenpong. I come to you live every Monday and Thursday. Monday, I do a little bit of relationship show. Thursday, I do more politics. Now, I've said before that I think a lot of thoughtless divorces are tantamount to child abuse, and we're just not honest about what that means and that children should have access to both parents pretty much whenever they want to. And um, denying that access is careless and thoughtless, but people assume that I think that the answer is ending no-fault divorce and making divorces harder to get. And I don't think that's the answer. I actually think that you need um, divorce laws and people need to be able to divorce. The problem is thoughtless marriages. <laughs> so uh, no-fault marriages. I think uh, the casual, thoughtless, careless marriage is the problem. People entering into marriage without giving it due thought. And when I say due thought, that doesn't mean that like all thought is not due thought, right? Some people can say like, well, I thought I did it right because I wanted to enter this marriage so that we can build together. We just wanted to build together. But think about it. If what you're building is outside, can be alienated from you, is other than the life you have with that um, individual person, then they can find, if they find someone who can get them to the same place um, uh, outside of you, then it licenses them to like drop you. Or for some reason that like, if what you're building is other than a life together, then um, if they can get that life without you, you're interchangeable. You just happen to fit the specifications. But the moment you stop spitting, uh, fitting those specifications for the building, <laughs> they fire you and get a new contractor. You're like a contractor for a job. And, and sometimes contractors don't work out. You fire them and get another contractor to build the same job. So if you have the idea of the life you're getting that can be fulfilled by anybody, um, and not the individual you're working with, then you can't be surprised when, um, uh, you know, someone who's a better at the job that's alienated from, you know, the individuality of the person, like, moves into the picture, right? Um, good. So there's a way of which you can think about marriage, but you're still not thinking very well. I mean, the big thoughtless marriages are people who just kind of get in there from inertia, or get in there because it's like that time of life and they're just kind of moving in a certain direction and they're just checking boxes and maybe checking boxes. You know, a lot of people go to college that way. A lot of people get through school. And a lot of people, I met a guy who went all the way halfway through med school without actually thinking for himself. And then he realized he doesn't like blood. He doesn't like people. He was only just doing this because he was attracted to do this by his parents. And then and that was a kind of a, a awakening for him. But yes, you can get halfway through med school and realize you don't like people or blood. I'm just saying, um, you know, <laughs> you can actually probably get all the way through and end up reading x-rays for your life, like stuck in the back where you don't have to deal with people with blood. But what I'm telling you is you can go and make huge life decisions based on a notion and then thinking then becomes a problem because the moment you wake up and think, you realize that you don't like this beautiful life you have. <laughs> you don't like this life. Um, and that's what happens when you live your life with a notion. Right, so why should you get married? You should get married because there's a peculiar kind of freedom and self-determination that can only come from someone who's committed to working it out with you, regardless of their immediate concerns about the matter, right? Not because it makes you feel like great or happy, but because there's a certain kind of freedom that can only occur once you forsake others in your immediate like uh, household activities, right? There's a certain kind of freedom that can only come when you pledge yourself and someone else is pledged to you regardless of how they feel about it at that moment, right? There's another kind of freedom by being able to just kind of date and then bounce and then date 
and then bounce. That's another kind of freedom. But that's not the freedom we're talking about. The freedom of the marketplace is fine for what it is. But that's not what I'm talking about, right? So there's, a, for example, I could say that why should you play soccer and not use your hands? And I could say, well, there's a certain kind of game you can only play if everyone forsakes using their hands. And if you care about playing that kind of game, then expecting other people not to use their hands isn't oppression. But, and even if you really want to use your hands, even if it would make you really happy, you still can't do it. Right? Because you care about both yourself being able to play that particular kind of game and everybody else being able to play that, play that particular kind of game, regardless of how they feel at that moment. They could really feel that their life would be so much easier if they could use their hands, they still can't do it. And that's what's required in order uh, to realize anyone on the field playing soccer, right? That's the same with the freedom that comes with the marriage. It's immediate unity where that can only be realized with, um, you know, forsaking, you know, the option to leave, right? And insofar as the U.S. Constitution vouchsafes all, um, all freedom, is supposed to realize all freedom in general welfare of the public, then it has to also realize the freedom of, of marriage, right? And so that's like the positive content that can go to marriage, but most people don't think about it that way. So, they, so if that's the freedom you're going after, you, when you're looking for a partner, you have to really think about someone you can creatively problem solve with because that's what it's all about. That's, like, that's really what it's all about because what you're doing is enjoying the kind of relationship that you can't leave and enjoying it for the specific kind of relationship it is. So you need more than anything else, someone you can, you can problem solve with. And, but if you're thinking about external concerns, if you're thinking about like a quality of life, if you're thinking about a quality of comfort, um, what happens when either you get that quality of life or quality of comfort someplace else, or your spouse can't provide you with the quality of life or quality of comfort to which you really married, right? So that's a, that's a marriage that was secured through means external to the actual relationship between the two individuals, right? So, like, like I'm pretty comfortable. I don't have to worry about my spouse leaving me because she'd be crazy. It'd be, she'd be nuts to leave me just because... And, like, you can't find someone else who's going to be a father to our kids in the same way. Um, so, first of all, if you only think that, like, for example, I'm a dad, right? So, if you only think that fathers... The only role that fathers have is providing money, then what happens when your wife finds someone else who can provide more money. You're screwed. Or what happens when you stop finding more money? Right? So that's like, you need an understanding of both parenthood and familyhood where you're not just replaceable um, by someone else with the specifications. It's the contractor problem. If you think you're contracted to a job that's external to you, what happens when they, the, the client can find a different contractor? Right? Um, so you need to organize your family and think through what it is to be a family in a way that you're not fungible, right? Part of what it is is to creatively work out a situation with this individual person, right? And that's, and look, insofar as this is an institution of freedom and should be publicly supported, it should be taught that way. Someone should have this conversation with every 14-year-old. What you're looking for in marriage is someone to creatively problem solve with. On top of everything else that, like, you know, tradition and culture might, like, load you down with in the ideas of a perfect partner, what you're looking for ultimately is someone you can creatively collaborate with, like, regardless of how you feel about or how they feel about it at the moment, right? Because that is the peculiar kind of freedom that goes in marriage. That's why it should get public support. 
outside of that, it really shouldn't get any sort of public support. It's just another um, relationship. But insofar as it enables a particular kind of freedom, it should get the quality of support um, by a con constitutional protection insofar as the Constitution is supposed to uh, enable and realize and help people realize all mass uh, aspects of freedom, which is why, like, you know, the federal government policy, which you know, gave away land, was fine insofar as it, we understood land, or Lincoln at least understood land to be, or property to be, to be on one of the economic conditions of political freedom. Um, now, the fact that we gave away the Indians' land and we only gave it away to, like, the whites, that's, that's, that's a problem. But, like, the idea that in order to be free, you needed these other things, and that's the federal government's responsibility to, like, secure them, that's, that's appropriate. Um, I'm talking about the Homestead Acts. I don't know how much of, of the people read who watch this, but that is nevertheless the case. So the problem isn't thoughtless divorces. That is a problem, and like I said, I think they're tantamount to child abuse in many cases, but the problem is ultimately thoughtless marriages and a culture of thoughtless marriages. People enter into the marriage for the wrong reason. You could say, well, you can't tell people why they should enter into marriage. Yes, I actually can. I actually can, and I do, and, I'm doing, and I do it pretty much uh, you know, weekly. Uh, you should enter it because you want to engage in the quality of relationship and, and like realize the quality of freedom that can only come with someone who is committed to you um, and feels one with you, um, richer for poor, better for worse, and all that stuff. There's a quality of freedom that comes with that, and you should you should feel you should be able to. Maybe if you don't want it, but you should be able to engage in that quality of freedom. Right. Anything external to that, if you're, if someone's marrying you for a come up or you're marrying for a come up or anything else like that, then that's just a recipe for divorce in this age of savage, savagery, savagery. A lot of people, a lot of people out there are mercenaries. So anything external to the relationship that can only be had by you um, can be supplied by somebody else in the moment that's, and possibly better by somebody else. There'll always be, you know, a partner, younger, hotter, richer, whatever, right? But that's not why you get married. If you can't get married for some reason external to the individual relationship. Right? And the individual relationship has to have the quality um, that like will sustain and engage and kind of welcome creative problem solving when you know problems arise. Right? If it's just a, a fix for a problem, then what happens to when I either a different problem for whom a different spouse would be a fix for, or um, when the fix runs out, right? If you're marrying for a job or you think you can, someone's marrying you for your money, what happens when the money runs out? Right? Or what happens when they meet someone with more money <laughs> who could offer them an even nicer lifestyle, right? So um, this should all be taught in public school. This is a matter of a public good insofar as I've reduced marriage to realizing a quality of freedom. And uh, if you don't understand that, the, the things I've seen both guys do to make sure that their wife doesn't leave them, and then um, the reasons like I've seen like wives leave their husbands for stupid reasons, and then husbands do horrible, horrible things like to themselves in order to secure their distorted relationship um, 
because like they would they, they should have just never gotten married because they were married like based on conventional values that can't stand reason conventional values that are external to the relationship which means you know money or something like that um a, a quality of life that was promised to them by television and then when it doesn't work out one of them once wants to bounce um because it was it was never actually sustained by thought and uh, you know if there are kids involved i think the kids pay a price and look a lot of we'll find out in the next generation a lot of these single moms of sons are going to be assume that are going to be surprised when their sons don't have the greatest view of like both marriage and of you know the culture of womanhood because they if they saw their mom divorce their dad for no reason or like for an inadequate reason right so that's going to be a thing that's going to be a thing that's probably going to be talked about in 20 years but um I I'm I'm seeing it now and it's a lot of these women are confused um about how why their adult sons are like reticent about marriage when you look at or like are a little bit kind of jaded about the whole thing but when they had to look at their their parent get divorced for no reason like it's or for an adequate reason that actually makes makes sense inadequate reason it it makes sense so what did you take away from this video take away from this video that what you're looking for in a partner is someone to creatively problem solve with and that's the only thing that that's the only quality that that legitimizes marriage in terms of an institution of freedom right because if it's something external than that then it could go away and when it could go away or be um outbidded right if you're marrying for money what happens when a richer guy comes or if your woman comes right if you're marrying for this then what happens when you no longer need that if you're marrying for clout what happens when you earn your own clout of oh, like all of these things are contingent right and you shouldn't marry for love or passion because that that fades and waxes and wanes um it should be a passion it should be an ethically infused passion which means you know uh there's an understanding of what it is you're doing and good and bad conduct within that sphere. All right. Thank you for your time. I hope this has been helpful. Once again, you know, I'm trying to save a lot of people a lot of grief and confusion about you know their life. So if you appreciate that I saved you both, it's a lot cheaper to go to www.funkyacademic.com, kick in 515 or $50 than pay for a divorce attorney. Um and you don't know how much if you're listening to this, I've saved you from from getting with someone who screwed up or screwing up your own your own life cuz a lot of people get their wisdom about marriage since we don't talk about this in public schools from media and media wants to turn you into a commercial mercenary because it's that's the business model of media the more commercial minded people there are in the United States the better private media does so they want to turn you into a mercenary in all aspects of your life so th that you just get used to thinking in a way that's good for advertising because they make their money from advertising right so i don't make my money from advertising i make my money from people who are smart enough to reflect that had they listened to this 10 15 20 years ago it would save them a lot of money and grief or that they know that they want their kids to think about marriage 
like I'm talking about it, not like they're going to hear from, you know, somebody else. But I think I'm going to do my next show on Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate, I find, I find the Andrew Tate phenomenon fascinating just because, um, you know, there are a lot of kind of unfortunate guys out there and Tate's telling them to go to the gym and make a lot of money because women are mercenaries. And there's a way in which they should go to the gym and they should, you know, be useful to society. I don't know if that's tied necessarily to making a lot of money, but they should be useful. But instead of engaging that mercenary culture, we should be fighting to change it. We should be fighting to change the mercenariness of, of, you know, our world rather than just making better mercenaries. And Tate's promising to turn people into better mercenaries. I'm saying that like, there are another way is possible. Thank you for your time. I will talk to you on Thursday talking about something political. Peace.